Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the ball rolling. First and foremost, um, wanted to say I hope everybody had a fun time kind of listening to more of a talk show uh, this, uh, uh, this past week. Uh, it was probably fun not just listening to me yammer on <laughs> for uh, 30 to 45 minutes. So I hope you guys had fun with that. Um, unfortunately, you got to listen to just me again this week. But I do plan, or we do plan, on having a lot more uh, interaction on the podcast here. Uh, more people coming on, um, talking about various uh, things and all that kind of stuff. So uh, let us, you know, continue to let us know what you guys are liking from the podcast, just as well as things you're not liking uh, with the podcast. We do listen um, to everything that's being tossed our way. I do check the, um, excuse me, I do check uh, social media just about every single day. Check the email and all that fun stuff. So keep reaching out to us. Uh, we appreciate all the interactions. And um, yeah, without further ado, just here for the beer. What am I drinking? Um, tonight I went with your pick as well. We got the Dual Citizen Caress Me Brown. It is a brown ale. And um, wow, I'm going to be completely honest. I went into I went into kind of having this beer um, thinking I was not going to like it truthfully, if I'm being honest. I mean, at some point I would have had this one, but I was kind of hoping to you guys were going to vote um, that other brass, um, the other beer into it. But wow, this caught me by surprise. I am, I actually really like it. Uh, it's got an APB of 6.2%. Um, it's um, 12 ounces. So wow, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's not darker. It, it doesn't taste super dark. It's not very thick. Um, I actually, I was reading up on it and they were talking about the deep mahogany color of it. Um, so I poured some of it out to seat and wow, it really is. Um, it's got a little bit of that tan head with it to go. Um, I'm getting like a little bit of like an aroma, uh, toffee aroma. I don't know why, but I'm going to say burnt sugar a little bit and actually a little chocolatey. Um, I can taste that a little more than I can smell it, but wow, I like it. It is very smooth. It's a balanced beer. Um, one might be able to say a little silky. So, um, anyways, wow. Um, Probably not one of my more favorite beers, but definitely like it more than I originally thought I was going to. Um, nice solid beer. Um, a uh, a beer I would definitely drink more of in the fall time. Um, but you know what? Let's go. I'll give it a. I'll give it a six two. Not amazing. Um, not meh. Not crappy, but. Pretty good, pretty good. I mean, it's, I for me, a really good beer is a beer you can kind of drink all year round. It's it's not really, you know, a time of year. Um, but 
but no, I do like it. I do like it. Um, the the dual citizen brewery is actually in St. Paul. For those of you that want to go check it out, it's actually not far uh, too far from the Lake Monster Brewery area. They're actually right off of Raymond and University Avenue. And I have to be honest, I don't think I've ever been there. Um, looking at some of these pictures, but I'm sure I've walked been or been by it numerous of times as I've been down in that area quite often. But now this is um, a need for me to head over one of these days. It looks like they have a super nice and spacious area inside to have a good time, watch some sporting events on one of their big TVs they got in there, as well as they have a little outdoor kind of a fall-friendly, excuse me, um, a fall friendly area with some bonfire pits, some cool stuff like that. So yeah, for those that are interested, they are both open for curbside pickup and dine-in service. They are first come first serve and all the info for their curbside pickup as well as their dine-in regulations can be found excuse me, on their website at dcbc.com. I would really encourage you guys to go check out their website. They have a Blocktoberfest coming up in September. That sounds super fun. Um, I'm actually in the process of talking to some of my buddies to actually go to that. It sounds super fun. Um, and you can actually find out where you can get their beer um, if you're unable to go get to the brewery and things like that. They got some events going on. So, yes, like I said, go check them out. Their website is dcbc.com. And you can actually find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Right now, their hours are currently 3 to 9, Tuesdays through Thursday, 3 to 10 p.m. on Fridays, noon to 11 p.m. on Saturdays, and noon to 6 on Sundays. Unfortunately, they're closed Mondays. So, like I said, go check them out and let us know what you think um, and what beer of yours of theirs is your favorite. So, let us know. Um, for the first time in a while, Goldie's Locker Room Talk, we actually have some things to get you guys caught up on here so first and foremost uh the men's hockey team um earlier in a couple days ago the men's hockey team released their 10 game non-conference schedule for this upcoming 2021-2022 season um which is huge uh, considering it's been the only news we've had for this team for a couple months now so without further ado the U of M men's hockey program will open its 101st season at 3M Arena at Mariucci on Saturday, October 2nd against Alaska Fairbanks before hosting them again on Sunday, October 3rd as well. The non-conference slate continues as the following um, on the following weekend as the Gophers will host the Mercyhurst Lakers on Friday, October 8th and Saturday, October 9th. However, the last two weekends will feature home and home series with both the St. Cloud Huskies and the UMD Bulldogs. On Friday, October 15th, the Gophers will host the Huskies in Minneapolis before traveling to St. Cloud for Saturday night's game. Then on Friday the 22nd, the U of M will play the UMD Bulldogs before heading to Duluth on the 23rd for the series finale. However, the Gophers' last and final non-conference matchup will be the weekend following Thanksgiving as the Gophers will travel to Grand Forks, North Dakota for a two-game series with the UND Fighting Hawks on Friday the 28th and Saturday the 29th. Obviously, it's super early, so additional scheduling info, especially on Big Ten games, 
game times and broadcast info will be announced at a later date, but still excited for the beginning of October nonetheless. Next up, we have some new news for the men's basketball team. Uh, not too much going on. However, there was some unfortunate news back on the 16th. Head coach Ben Johnson did announce that junior forward Isaiah Ainen suffered a season-ending injury in practice this last week and will undergo surgery. This last season, in 29 games played, Enan averaged 3.5 rebounds per game, 2.8 points per game, with just and just under a block per game in a little over 14 minutes per game. So our thoughts and prayers with him and his family as he gets through this injury, and we hope for a safe but a speedy recovery as well. Uh, also have news on the women's basketball team. So since we actually got into Goldie's locker room talk, I know it's been a little while, they've actually added three newcomers to the team. Lindsay Whalen's got to feel proud of herself. So earlier in the month, they landed Maggie Sinoka, or Sinoa, a six-foot guard from Waterton, Minnesota. Sinoa played at Waterton Mayor High School, where she earned Star Tribune All-Metro Honorable Mention honors as a senior, averaging 21.8 points per game. She is also a three-time All-Conference honoree and was named All-State as a junior, averaging 21 points per game, 2.2 steals per game, and 2.1 assists per game, which are impressive numbers. Uh, she also helped her high school to a pair of conference championships, a section championship, and a third-place finish at the 2017 state tournament. So welcome to her. We can't wait to see you in action. Um, and then just this net, uh, this last week, it was announced that Bailey Halgren, a six foot five graduate transfer um, from the University of Kansas, would be playing for the Maroon and Gold this upcoming season. The Adina native played four seasons with the Jayhawks. Um, she was featured in 95 games that featured 72 starts. She averaged 2.6 points per game and set, or excuse me, 4.7 rebounds per game while shooting a little over 53.5% from the floor in 21.1 minutes per game. Also, she was impressive in the classroom as well. Halgren was a two-time academic All-Big 12 honoree and a member of the Academic All-Big 12 rookie team for the 2017-2018 season. So, welcome back home. Bailey, can't wait to see you in action this upcoming season as well. And lastly, just yesterday, it was announced that the team brought in on their second freshman of the year in Alana Misnow. Snow. Some of these, I gotta say, no disrespect to anybody on this podcast that I've ever mispronounced your name. I generally do not try to do that, <laughs> but there are some difficult names. So she is a six foot two forward out of Wayne Memorial High School in Wayne, Michigan. Alana was a four star recruit. In fact, the number seventy fifth player <clears throat> overall in the country and the number ninth power forward according to ProspectNation.com. So. A huge congratulations to Lindsey Whalen on being able to secure a highly touted player like Alana. She was also a Michigan Miss Basketball finalist and a first-team All-State as a senior, averaging a double-double her senior year, 23 points and 12 rebounds 
per game. And like I said, I think I speak for everyone when I say we're just as excited as Lindsey Whalen is to see this gal in action this year. So congratulations to her. Um, and hope she can bring the school for basketball team back to March Madness for the first time in Lindsey Whalen's head coaching career and since 2018. Unfortunately, there's no new news uh, as the, uh, for the football team or volleyball team. As we get closer to the football season, we will let you know if we hear anything else. But the softball team added a pair of players uh, lately as well. Um, they have added two transfer students for their 2022 campaign. Earlier this month, they added graduate transfer Lauren Espelin to their roster. Espelin is a catcher and a designated hinder from San Dimas, California, who played her first four collegiate years at the University of California, Berkeley. Excuse me, in her first four seasons with the Bears, she played in over 150 Division I games. In 2021 alone, she played in 33 games, in which she started 28 of them. And she ranked third on the team in hitting, having a 318 batting average in 85 at-bats. Espelin also scored 12 runs and held a 402 on-base percentage with a 447 slugging percentage as well. In 2020, she appeared in all 24 games for the Bears and tied for third on the team with runs with 13. She hit 346 in 2019 in all 53 games, and she saw 44 games in her freshman season. So we welcome her to the U of M family and can't wait to see her in action this upcoming spring. Um, then earlier this last week, the team announced the addition of McKenna Dowell to the Gopher program. Dowell is a two-time SEC academic honor roll honoree and will be a graduate student this upcoming season and will have one year of eligibility remaining. Excuse me, Dowell is transferring from Auburn, who was a regular in her career as a Tiger, making over 100 starts and was the only member of the team to start on all 51 games this last season. The shortstop also knocked in a team leading, uh, knocked a team leading 42 hits. She accounted for 10 runs while leading the team with 19 RBIs this last season. She finished second on the team with a 294 batting average and also drew a team best 20 walks excuse me, to help her 381 on base percentage. McKenna also helped the Tigers reach three NCAA tournaments and currently holds a career 270 batting average with 43 total RBIs and is quickly approaching 100 career hits. Uh, she is currently at 94. 20 of those have been extra base hits. So once again, congratulations to her. Welcome and excited to see you in the maroon. Excuse me. And gold. Um, now for the baseball team. Lastly, for Goldie's locker room talk. Excuse me. <laughs> um, the Gophers had two baseball players get drafted this last week in the 2021 MLB draft. The first gopher taken in this draft was actually it was actually incoming freshman right-handed pitcher Alec Willis out of 
Regis Jesuit High School in Denver, Colorado. Alec was taken with the 211th pick in the 7th round by the St. Louis Cardinals. Willis now is the highest U of M incoming freshman um, in program history to get drafted. In fact, he's the first incoming Gopher freshman to be drafted since Max Meyer was picked in the 34th round of the 2017 MLB draft. Alex Willis, sorry, Alec Willis comes to the Gopher as the number one ranked player in the state of Colorado and ranked MLB.com's 130th prospect overall amongst high school and college players. Um, so needless to say, can't wait to see what he can do for this uh, Gopher team. Welcome and can't wait for spring now. <laughs> Lastly, Gophers' second baseman, Zach Rabe, was drafted the same day as Alec Willis. Um, the second baseman was picked by the Milwaukee Brewers with the 207th pick in the eighth round. Junior, This last junior year for Rabe, he earned his first career All-Big Ten honors for the Gophers in 2021. This last year, the junior led the Gophers with his 307 batting average, his 18 runs accounted for, his 39 hits, his 520 slugging percentage, and his 403 on-base percentage. And defensively, he was remarkable as well, holding a 993 fielding percentage with just one error all year long while also leading the team with 86 assists. So, we, needless to say, we hope he has an even better senior season to turn this uh, program around. So congratulations, obviously, to both of you on this big accomplishment, and best of luck uh, going forward. Now, you guys know what time it is. Um, I, I feel bad we didn't get to this part last week, um, but this week's local business shout-out goes to Galactic Pizza in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They are actually located right off of Lindale Avenue, only about a block north of Lake Street. And trust me, this pizzeria w wants to save the world. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when that's your punchline, you bet your ass I'm saying it. I love it. I think it's I think it's clever. I think it's funny. I li I I love everything about it. Um, for those that are wondering, no, I have never been to Clactic Pizza myself or had it. It was recommended to me this last week from a friend of mine. But with my love of pizza, I am definitely going to have to try it out, and it is currently on my list of things to do. Clactic Pizza is committed to making great pizza and making a good-for-the-earth business. The restaurant is actually powered by renewable wind energy, and their pizzas are made with organic ingredients when possible. Uh, the mozzarella cheese is from cows. Or sorry, I I, I lost my train of thought. thought. And po the mozzarella cheese from cows was not treated with the hormone RBGH, which is a big deal. Now, um, their packaging is also made from recycled or biodegradable materials, and the pizzas are delivered hot, fresh, and delicious. Might I add to your door by a superhero costume wearing delivery boy or girl by electric vehicle. So 
you will not be disappointed by trying this place out. So go check them out. They are open for dine-in, takeout, and delivery. The greatest thing I love about them looking into them is if you go to their website, galacticpizza.com, um, their website will actually show you if you're in their area of delivery. You don't have to call and ask. Um, and if they're not, you just go in, you get takeout, or you eat there. So like I said, go check them out, galacticpizza.com. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So go check them out if you haven't. And if you have, let me know what your favorite pizza is so I can try it out and see if I like it. Now on to the Twins. Um, despite going into All-Star Weekend on an impressive four uh, game winning streak against just the uh, Detroit uh, Tigers. They've kind of stumbled out of the. Uh, they've stumbled out of the, on the second half of the season from the All Star break. Um, they are currently, what's that? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, or what? No, seven games into the second half of the season. We only have two wins um, to uh, our names. So we are 2-5 and five to open the second half of the season. The other unfortunate part of it, one, two, three. Three of those games were decided in extra endings. We only came away with one um, win. Uh, unfortunately, to start off the second half of the season, we had a doubleheader with the Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions, Detroit Tigers on Saturday the 17th and lost two very close games. We lost uh, 0-1 to and 4-5. to Again, just by, um, you know, not didn't get a ton of hits. Our, our first game back, we only managed to get two hits. Um, and then, you know, the second game of the doubleheader, Maeda actually played, I mean, he gave up all five runs, but he had eight of our team total, 12 strikeouts. Uh, Taylor Rogers actually picked up the loss. Um, so sorry, Maeda actually gave up four runs. Um, but this, this team's just got to get it together. I mean, you know, follow that up on Sunday by a zero to seven loss. I mean, that, um, that's a little uncharacteristic of this team, at least on Monday with our doubleheader with the Chicago White Sox. We won 3-2 to two the first game, which is awesome. But then we lost 3-5, um, to five, which again, a close game. Um, so this, this pitching's just got to get it together. Um, Tuesday, we lost 5-4. to four, um, but then just, I mean, just yesterday we won 7-2. So clearly offense, I don't believe there's, uh, I have a friend that really watches every single Minnesota Twins game. He knows the Twins like the back of um, his hand. And I'd love to have him on to help me out because I love watching the Twins and I do watch a decent amount of them. But he watches and follows them on a different level than I do. And I'm curious to see... Um, if he think our if he thinks our pitching is more consistent, or if our um, offense is more consistent, because truthfully, I mean every once in a while both kind of ebb and flow, but to me it seems like at least we're doing a good job of at least getting the hits going and the runs going, and 
our pitching just isn't getting it done. But hey, um, gotta gotta get it figured out. Where you know we have about a little over a week left in July, and then pretty much August and September. So it's it's getting down to excuse me, it's getting down to uh, crunch time. I mean, there's we're forty one and fifty six right now. So what's that ninety? 97 games, almost 100 games into the season. Excuse me, uh, 100 games into the season, we're in fourth place. We're five and a half games behind Detroit. We're um, eight and a half games behind Cleveland and 17 and a half games behind Chicago. So if we want to have any chance of getting back to the postseason, we've got to start making up some ground here. Um, I mean, I look, I look at this team. Um, we're playing the Angels uh, tonight. That starts a four-game series. Uh, we also play them uh, tomorrow, Friday. We play them Saturday, Sunday, and then we have three games that would that are crucial against the uh, Detroit Tigers Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, so we really got to start making these games count. Um, you know, we got Jose Barrios. We got. Uh, Michael Pineda, Kenta Maeda. I mean, if you look, if you look at our starting pitchers, we have a good rotation. We just got to get some solid. We need to just get on a roll. I don't know minus. I think our four-game winning streak to go into All-Star Weekend, truthfully, is um, is the longest winning streak we've had this season. So, I mean, like I said, I stand by this, and I'll say it right now. If we want any chance of uh, getting into the playoffs, we need to go on like a 10 game winning streak. Um, because what we don't want to happen is we don't, especially here at the end of the, uh, July and even in August, because what we don't want to happen is come September, we're at a place where we need help. You never want to, in the MLB, in my opinion, you never want to be a team in, in professional sports in general, you never want to be in a position where you're relying on somebody else to help. You want to be in control of your destiny. So truthfully, if it would it would it would make me feel better at night, I would be able to sleep better at night if I knew shit, you know, the Twins just didn't get into the um playoffs because we didn't win enough games. You know, knowing we won enough games, but you know another team just didn't lose enough. That's that's not okay. Like that's that's not a way to look at it. So, gotta get it together, and uh, hopefully we can get some things uh, turned around here. So with that, um, onto the Wild. For the Wild, we actually have a bit of news. First and foremost, the NHL's newest franchise, the Seattle Kraken, had their expansion draft last night. And after our front office surprisingly decided to protect veteran goalie Cam Talbot over the young up-and-coming star Capo Kakinen, it left a lot of Minnesotans, including myself, um, sad, feeling like they were more than likely going to um, take Kakinen. Um, and not just by accident, I, I looked at like five or six mock drafts from the uh, for this expansion draft, and every single one of them except one had the had them taking Kakinen. Um, however, we were wrong, and even though we lost somebody, it was it was kind of um, you know good. So. With that, instead, 
excuse me, the Kraken chose fourth-year defenseman Carson Susie um, on their team. Susie is from Viking, Alberta, and was drafted in the fifth round back in 2013 by the Wild. After getting drafted by the Wild, Susie went on to play his four years of college hockey at the University of Minnesota Duluth. And in his young career with the Wild, Carson played in 108 total NHL games that saw him score eight goals and get a total of 31 points and added a plus 36 plus minus. So also it's worth noting Susie has two years left on his contract for about five and a half million dollars. Um, so I think I speak for everybody, Carson. Thank you very much for your short career in the Minnesota Wild organization. Um, you played very well, and truthfully, I wish you nothing but the best in your career going forward with the Seattle Kraken and beyond. Um, so yeah, also for the Wild, not too long before we got on here for the podcast tonight, the NHL actually released the full schedule for the 2021-2022 season. So, um, just games and dates right now, there's, you know, they didn't announce any times, broadcasting info, any of that yet. So the league will officially start on October 12th in a double header of Seattle at Vegas, excuse me, and the lightning hosting the penguins, um, when they raise their banner. So, uh, super exciting there. Um, as for the wild, they'll actually have to wait a couple days to open their season on Friday, October 15th as they'll actually start the season on a small two-game road trip. So on the 15th, they'll be in Anaheim to take on the Ducks. And then the very next date, October 16th, they'll be in L.A. to take on the Los Angeles Kings. Excuse me. Uh, Their home opener will actually be a couple days later on Tuesday, October 19th, when they play host to the Winnipeg Jets. And the first time... Uh, the team will face the newly formed Seattle Kraken, including our Carson Susie, is on October 28th in Seattle. Um, after looking at the uh, the schedule a little bit, the Wild will play the Kraken three times this upcoming season. And the one and only time we will host, the team will actually be at the end of the season on April 22nd. Uh, the Minnesota Wild are actually playing in the Winter Classic this season. Super excited about that. Yes, you heard me right. We're playing in the Winter Classic after getting almost robbed of that last year. So on January 1st, 2022, the Winter Classic will feature the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues at Target Field, which should be super, super fun. Um, don't know if I have announced this, but... My wife and I are pregnant. We're due in December. But Cassie, if you listen to this, I think it would be pretty effing sweet to go to that game. Probably won't. Probably will be cozied up with the babes um, on the couch watching it on the TV. But should whether you go to it or not, should be a great atmosphere for the Wild. Um, fun fact, this will actually be the Wild's first... Um, outdoor game since they hosted the Chicago Blackhawks at TCF Bank Stadium back in 2016 as part of the stadium series. They went on to win that game 6-1, to one, so hopefully this year uh, they can replicate that success. Uh, this season there will also be a significant break in February for not only the All-Star break, but also for the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. This break will start on February 3rd, 
as All-Star Weekend is scheduled for the weekend of the 4th and 5th in Las Vegas. But the Olympic break begins on February 7th, and games will not start back up again until Wednesday, February 23rd. Um, excuse me. Then the um, for the conclusion of the Wilds 2022 season, they will actually end the season with a nice little three-game homestand as they will host the Coyotes on Tuesday, April 26th before the Calgary Flames come to town on the 28th. Um, after that game, there will be a quick turnaround for the final game of the season on Friday, April 29th where they will play the Colorado Avalanche at the XL Energy Center. Um, lastly, before we move on, for you wild um, slash hockey fans, uh, keep your ears peeled as it seems like the wild are still in serious contention to be a landing spot for Jack Eichel. Especially keep your ears, ears peeled tomorrow night as, um, excuse me, as, uh, um, it is the first round of the NHL draft. Hopefully, we'll be getting some good news on that soon. Um, but here's here's where I come into play with this. <laughs> um, the excuse me. The it, it's it's starting to sound like the Sabers are wanting four serious assets. They've kind of come out and said that for Eichel. And I know both names, Matt Boldy and Marco Rossi, have been thrown around in a possible trade. But I also think it's worth noting that the Minnesota Wild also hold the number 22 and 26 picks in tomorrow night's 2021 NHL draft, as well as they hold a second round pick. And they also, as of right now, hold a first and a second round pick for the 2022 NHL draft too. Um, sounds like first and second round picks could also be one of the four assets. And truthfully, if I'm Bill Guerin, if I'm triggering my, you know, trying to trying to get Jack Eichel here, trying to turn this team into not only a, you know, a playoff team, but a, a Stanley Cup um, contending team, I would offer, this is what I would do. I would offer Matt Boldy, our two first rounders, and then have my no-touch, a.k.a. modified expansion draft protected list. So I would go to them and I'd say, hey, I'm. this is our touch list that we don't want to take. I'd add Kakinen to that list as well as either Rossi or Boldy and say, here's the other one. Here's our two picks for this year's draft. And literally say, outside of this list, whoever you want. Because I don't know how possible it is, but... If I am the Minnesota Wild, if I can get Jack Eichel with only having to give give up Boldy or Rossi and not losing anyone from that protected list or that modified protected list, that would be a huge win for the Wild. Again, not sure how likely that is to happen. It is Buffalo. I've heard they're not the greatest at putting stuff together. Um, but that would be huge. Um, now, like I said, I'm not sure how likely that is, but that would be a perfect, perfect world. Uh, that's honestly just what I would do. Um, so positive vibes on that front. Um, hope, hope that works out and hope we can get him sooner than later so that, 
these uh, us wild fans just don't have to work because worry too much because we're not getting some great news on the uh, front of Kuro Kaprizov. Um, anywho, uh, for the MLS Loons, they have actually extended their unbeaten streak to nine games. Back at the beginning of the month, um, excuse me, they they went or they hosted the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, who jumped out to a one nothing lead in the 15th minute. Um, Minnesota answered with two goals themselves from Brent Kalman and Ramon Alibia. Um, however, in the 82nd minute, uh, San Jose tied it back up. That would um, hold true for a 2-2 two two final in that game. Uh, just a couple nights... Oh, never mind. I, I misspoke. Uh <laughs> We we got it up to a seven games. Uh, Colorado bested us a couple of nights later. Um, wasn't wasn't a great game from uh, the notes I took actually a while back. Um, Ramon Alabia, uh, who scored our goal for us the last game, actually got a red card, um, and they scored. Uh, Colorado scored twice in the second half um, for a two one lead or a two-goal win in this one. The silver lining in this, we were in Colorado. Uh, you know, obviously you never want to lose, but um, when you can uh, when you can protect home court, that's that's all that matters. So uh, needless to say, um, what, a, what was that? The eight, and then the 18th, about a week and a half later, we hosted, um, excuse me, we hosted the uh, Seattle... Um, Sounders and Robin Lodd scored in the 81st minute to give the Minnesota United its first ever MLS win over Seattle and snap the Sounders 13-game unbeaten streak. So that is huge on all that front. Um, up next for them, they will actually be in uh, in action twice. Uh, they'll be in action twice this upcoming week. Uh, first, they will be playing host to the Portland Timbers on Saturday, the 24th. And then they will um, take a trip to um, California to take on LAFC on Wednesday, the 28th. So that is what we have uh, for the Loons. As for the Timberwolves, there's no new news on the Wolves right now, um, despite the 2021 NBA draft uh, only being a week away. Excuse me. Um, only being a week away. Um, however, I did want to give a super quick shout out to a couple of Wolf players that are actually playing in the Olympics that get underway tomorrow. Small forward Josh Kogi is uh, representing Team Nigeria. Shooting guard Leandro Bomaro is on Team Argentina, and Power Foro, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and point guard Ricky Rubio are both on Team Spain. So good luck to all four of them. It's awesome to see uh, the Timberwolves being represented in the Olympics. Um, so, yeah, uh, unfortunately, no real, excuse me, news from... The Vikings itself, um, however, I was paying close attention to their Instagram this last week. Um, earlier this morning, the Vikings posted, and I'm reading straight off uh, the Viking Insider 
a breaking account. It said the NFL just informed all 32 teams that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season in 2021 due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss. It says the team, uh, more on that, it says the team that w- is responsible for a canceled game because of the an outbreak among unvaccinated players or staff will be responsible for financial losses and subject to potential discipline from the commissioner. Um, and they go on to say at the biggest penalty for all players, it says if a game is canceled and cannot be rescheduled within the current 18-week schedule due to a COVID outbreak, neither team's Players will receive their weekly paragraph five salary, so nobody will get paid for that game. Um, truthfully, not going to talk too much about this uh, this week um, because it just got announced this morning. Um, kind of have a little bit of mixed feelings myself. I I understand, um, you know, the the push for the COVID nineteen um, vaccine. Um, but I kind of go back and forth, so we're we're gonna chew on this for a while before we um, before we comment too much on this. But um, yeah, that um, that's what we have, and um, you know that's all for this week. So remember, this podcast is about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at MiniWeekend, and email is MiniWeekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions or topics as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways, and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. Lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Minnie.